Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. This season, we're doing 1997, fellas. I am your host, Greg, and with me, as always, sitting in the biggest, plushest, best-smelling, still not great-smelling, best-smelling chair is Ryan, the best friend. Greg, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure for these last two or three years to be your best friend. Um, I it do- goes back. My- it goes back deep into, the, deep into the past, the mists. My management team, like my, you know, my posse, uh, has forced me to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Is this the week where Taylor and Mike combine scores to see if they can actually win? What the fuck? Oh, that's rude. I have to... Guys, welcome to the show. I have to let you respond. They're just walking in now, and they heard that. You guys, what... Instant instant clap back. I gotta hear it. I have simply dropped my paper bag filled with a baguette and some loose carrot tops. Yeah, dude. Did you go grocery shopping today? I did. I went you to, bought I went to just the, the tops of carrots. Yeah, I don't want the bottoms of carrots. What you're the fuck get, am I going to do with those? going to give salad? you a point for that because that's just great. Uh, hey, Ryan. And again, this was my management team. I, yeah. I think this is an awful, like, egomaniacal idea. Hey, Ryan, you wouldn't call these other people friends, would you? I would not. No, I only have one friend, and it's Greg. Okay. How about you, uh, how about you go fuck yourself and the management team you rode in on? And I, they did carry me. I rode skadoosh. in on them. That's yeah. a skadoosh. <laughs> that is an absolute it's, skadoosh. It's not like you destroy so hard that this is, like, a boon to us. We're not going to feel good about this. If you always got 100 points and we got 10 each, maybe. I mean... It could happen this week. It's more likely that that happens than one of you two win. Just based on history, and this is what my management team oh, is really? telling me. Because you think Ryan. that you know more about Japanese cinema than I do? I'm going to go to... Look at him. Look at how sweaty he is. Of course he knows more about Japanese cinema. <laughs> I just... Look, I have. Uh, I didn't start watching movies until the movie of the year, the podcast, started. Um, I just... I'm the kind of person... That's who, your contention. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is what my management team has told me to say. I just... I feel like I'm the kind of person who thinks in his brain... Say Carl Sagan. Taylor, are you one of those people as um, well? No, I'm not. But Ryan, are you one Ryan. of the people who spends their free time watching YouTube videos that go in-depth about medieval Japanese ironworking? Are, are you? you? <laughs> are you one of those people? Do you have that knowledge sitting in your brain, motherfucker? So is this the wrong movie to do this about? Oh, my friend, you have picked the wrong okay. horse to whip today. Taylor is definitely onto the fact that most of the questions we're going to talk about tonight have to do with medieval Japanese ironworking and, frankly, iron mining. Okay, guys. So, oh shit! I, it's a big <laughs> deal. Dwayne Dick working. It is a big fucking deal. Skipped it's very important whining. to the development of Japanese culture. Because remember, it's not just the iron working; it's the actual mining of the iron that's making <sighs> the Japanese gods so angry in this movie. Guys, I like to start off all of our foreign movie conversations with, and especially I think this is good for Japanese cinema. Dub or sub? Sound off. I'm I, always a sub. I screamed uh, <laughs> last time we did sub Totoro or Akira that like you have to do sub or you're a failure as a movie watcher. You literally screamed. Yeah. This one I did um, English dub with translation of Japanese dialogue as sub. Ooh, that's a nice mix. And it was hard. And I did that thing where my like one eye goes up while one eye goes down. Uh, just one of my skills. So you couldn't see the screen at all. Yeah. yeah. I just looked above and below, and I need to dust in my room. <laughs> my experience was I tried to watch first with just the subtitles, because I do feel like it works a lot better yeah. that way. 
especially because when they localize it for the for the audio, they'll just randomly change things, and it's yeah. not clear why they're Neil making Neil Gaiman did the English skip for yeah. this one, but the one the version I had skipped quite a bit, and I would miss lines, mm. so I switched over to the English the the dub. And I, I couldn't do it. I just really? for this because Billy Bob Thornton comes in right oh, away. Listen, okay, that's the thing. Uh, right when it's I skipped, <laughs> the right when I switched from one to the other was with that guy Jiro. Yes, and the Japanese actor is obviously doing such a really good job. Yes, and Billy Bob Thornton comes Fucking in. And Billy Bob Thornton. It's like he had never heard of voiceover before, so he didn't know what he was supposed to do. He's like, well, I, I can't. We're not together, but I'm supposed to like talk like I'm in the scene, and he just did. Such an awful job, and totally misinterpreted. That's really. I was, I was going to ask because the cast looks stellar. If this is better than because I did the Akira dub, which is why I went never again. But, what but I you dub. also watched the really shitty version of the Akira dub. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, but this one was. Some of the voice actors are very good. Some of the voice actors are Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, what, how would you say Claire Danes was? I thought she did an awful job. Yeah, I, I think it was way over the top. The yeah. I think that she was like, oh, cartoon? Yeah. Like, you, like Disney That's, princess cartoon? Because I watched both versions because I have just apparently a lot of free time. Uh, That's what you're always talking about, all your free time. You took yeah. a break from your watching ironworking videos to yeah. watch Princess Mononoke again. Yeah, I watched it twice. But uh, the Japanese version is extremely subtle, and I feel like... The difference between the Japanese and the English dub was they were like, all right, there's a lot of subtle stuff that no one is going to be able to pick up on if we don't don't have the cultural context. Yeah, so they just like put a bunch of stuff into the script and also were like, Billy Bob Thornton and Claire Danes, go for it, fellas. We trust you as actors. But do you mean put in, like, are they speaking louder or are they like describing Japanese culture while... Both, like <laughs> because you see in Japanese culture, they're saying they, what they're as saying, you know. They're, they're saying, making the reference and explaining the reference yeah, in the same like sentence. The, the biggest one that I can think of is when uh, Jigo shows back up and he's talking to Lady Eboshi, and they're talking about like the guy who had attacked or whatever. In the Japanese version, they're just having a conversation, like about like, "Hey, that happened." But in the English version, they, like she explicitly says, "You wouldn't know anything about him attacking us, would you?" And he goes, "Oh, me? No." Like that part is not in the Japanese yeah. version. I was surprised though how little difference there was. The biggest difference to me that I like noticed was that like, "oracle" is too big of a word for English audiences or American audiences, so they change it to "wise woman" or "wise man." <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point, uh. What's Billy Bob Thornton's character's name? Is it Jigo? It's either Jigo or Jiko, depending on which. Uh, language oh, this you're matters. Watching. We should figure out which so it is. The Japanese dub was like uh, in the very beginning of the movie. It's like this soup sucks, and, but <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton was like, "This shit tastes like piss on a turd." <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Billy Bob Thornton. No, I like that bad Santa vibe he brings. I'm gonna bring a little bit of that the, Billy Bob flavor to this. The dub was also weird because, like in the in the sub version, it's like everyone just kind of sounds to me like they're all from the same place. In the dub, it makes you think, okay, in this world, uh, Mini Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith. And Billy Bob Thornton are all from like a five mile radius yeah. of each other, and they all have the exact same accent. But what I like about that is because it is we we see like three different tribes fighting throughout this movie. So maybe the dub version is capturing that even more than the Japanese version. <laughs> also, surely, especially like we just had uh, Chernobyl come out. Like, aren't we just supposed to ignore this sort of like everybody just has like the British accent that they have, regardless of where it takes place. Yeah, I think we are yeah. in, in in entertainment we are almost past 
people who are supposed to be from a different country mm-hmm. speaking English, but in an accent that they would speak English. In. So that a whole bunch of French people speak English, but with French accents. I think it's starting to make us uncomfortable. I play a video game called Hitman, and you go all over the world, and you're trying to be an assassin. And what they've done in the most recent game is everybody just sounds like they're from Minnesota. So you're walking through. Oh, hey there. How are you yeah, doing? When this man killed. You're walking through like a bazaar uh, in the Middle East and everyone's like, hey, come check out my plates, right? I got like the best rugs because. So that is. That's Libya. That is a dead on Libyan <laughs> accent. Yeah, Good job, Greg. Wait, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> the- and you are insulting. No, that was the whole point. The movie Hunt for Red October starts with Sean Connery speaking Russian uh, as like Russian dialect, Russian language, and then it uh, the camera comes in on him, and then it comes back out from him, <laughs> and he's just straight up talking like Sean Connery. Yeah, and I don't think it was just to establish for that movie, but for all of pop culture forever, Hunt for Red October <laughs> took care of that, and now they just talk like they talk. You know, comics really has like the best version, which is you just put like little brackets on yeah. and an asterisk yep. and say they're speaking their own language because that they've always done that from the beginning. The people just talk like two dudes yeah. talking to each other and then it's like, you know, they're supposed to be speaking Chinese. And then just have Gambit say Moan Frey every once in a while. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. yeah who's that going to Different place. He's a Gambit sing. Well, we are obviously so ready to get <laughs> just so deep into Princess Mononoke. We could hardly stop talking about it for one second. But before we do that, let's go on a vacay. <laughs> Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. What can I say about this place that I haven't said a hundred times before? Mount Rushmore fell from the stars and it landed with a splash in each of our hearts. And we all think of it as we go to bed at night and wonder, what configuration will we find it in tomorrow? Will we know the mountain? Will we know ourselves? So with, with that introduction, we are doing the 1997 scandals. Now, guys, I love hot scandals, all right? Try not to bring me kidnapped kids. Try not to bring me plane crashes. Yeah. I want those juicy scandals, okay? What about what? kidnapped kid who stole a plane? By the way, <laughs> looking up for these scandals, 97 was bookended. Like, there were two huge scandals five days apart from, like, the, the, the beginning end of the years. Year. 97 was, just, was burning the scandal at both ends. But, but ah! it, was, it, it, it just, like, barely missed. Right. It barely missed both John Bonet and the Clinton Lewinsky scandal breaking. We should do... By, like, five days on each side we should do those years then later yeah, yeah we're talking about fucking 97 maybe okay jesus christ sean benet ramsey perfect example of something that i don't consider yep. a scandal because he stole that plane just <laughs> yeah. just a little girl getting murdered is not scandalous not, that's not, not what, what that is let's have i want to see celebs with their pants down no that's not great you know what <laughs> nothing okay cool <laughs> let's nothing. move on script. i want cute videos of animals <laughs> that's what i want all right, Ryan, try to meet that criteria for me. I can't believe how scandal-filled this year was, but I think that we have to. We have to. Start with... We have to. Woody Allen marrying Soon Yi. Oh, That was this year? Crap. What is yeah. more scandalous than that? Yeah. I now guess that, what we'd learn about Woody right. Allen a few years later? Oh, man. Just how did this actually happen? This is the kind of stuff that when it happens, I'm like... Okay, we do live in a simulation, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, otherwise, I mean, why would we just let that pass? He marries the adopted daughter of his ex-wife, or was it? I, I think that they were together when they adopted her, right? I think so. If not I his remember, stepdaughter. Not a stepdaughter. No. No, not a stepdaughter, but like a very young woman. And now there's like a mountain of. But it was almost like proof that he didn't molest her, like. 
Uh, is it? Clearly, I didn't molest her before she was 18 because I'm marrying her now. It's the perfect I alibi. I wouldn't do it out in the open if I had done it in secret. <laughs> and then I wouldn't make every movie I make be about uh-huh. that. <laughs> and, but surely that happened, and we all, as a society, stopped watching his movies right then. We definitely did after Hannibal Buress went up there, and he was like, okay, guys, I got another <laughs> you one You don't know who you. I am yet. <laughs> Hannibal Buress should just do that. Every year, he should just bring up that we all have accepted some scandal. His new you hour know Seinfeld year. dated a 17-year-old when he was 39, right? And we're all yeah. like, you know what? We did know that, but now yeah. that we hear you say it. <laughs> now that we can stream you talking about it. Do you My, think, does Bill Cosby know who Hannibal Buress is? I don't think or Bill Cosby like, knows who Bill Cosby oh, is yeah. anymore. No, yeah, now yeah. he has like a like death, machine? death row slot machine just like written on his prison cell wall. He's just carving yeah, Hannibal Buress into the bricks. He's going to cape fear Hannibal Buress <laughs> so hard. 88-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Cosby strapped to the bottom of your car as you drive to the lake with your precious ow, family. Out. <laughs> All right, Mike, we are burning through nap time. All right, so you want something fun, right? You want um, something light. Uh, yeah. What's I do. more light than one of the biggest cartoons in 1997 making a bunch of kids have seizures and go to the hospital? Okay. We are talking about the Pokemon seizure phenomenon. <laughs> Episode 38, Yeah, they have to go inside a Pokeball. Pikachu tries to lightning his way out, and it destroys a bunch of kids' minds. Dude, imagine that. You're a kid watching that. Pikachu does his lightning, and you just pass out. You just fucking fall to the ground. Am I an evil Pokemon? Magic is real. I was the kind of kid that would see everybody else do it in the room and just like, well, I guess this is what we're doing now, and just fall <laughs> on the ground. I don't okay. want to be left out and bullied. I think the Simpsons do that. They've got a, a, a bit called like Japanese Seizure Robots. And uh, a whole bunch of people have seizures while watching it, and then like Homer walks in and sees everyone's doing it. And he's like, well, "All right, here yeah, I go, okay. Homer. Let's get let's Might get to season." Well. You know, it's it's well known that those bright, bright flashing lights cause epilepsy. Maybe it wasn't as well known in '97, right. but uh, Incredibles two came out like last year, and they put in a scene that was like the same thing, mm-hmm. just strobe lights. Don't do that. Well, it had yeah. a warning before the movie. Yeah, so hey. at a certain point, you've never seen this movie. Leave the theater. Yeah. <laughs> But the warning was so stroby that it, yeah, was, hard to it was like warning, warning. If you don't know what we mean, we're gonna give you a taste. <laughs> if you just seized up a little bit, maybe you wanna head on out, Buckaroo. All right, Taylor. Yes, we have two up on that mountain already. Two. I love me some precious scandals. Two have just been put right up on that mountain. Well, I'm gonna throw one in that is uh, a a big big deal from someone who uh, has done way worse things, but it's not gonna be that thing. What? It's going to be when Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happened in 97. It's not the worst thing that Mike Tyson has ever done. Oh, I thought you were saying you've done worse things than this. <laughs> no, Mike Tyson is such a weird story because there has been no redemption for people who, and rightly, I, I think, but who have like only been accused of things and never anything's been proven against them. Mike Tyson... He was found guilty yeah. of raping somebody. But is it because Went he served jail. his time that we're okay with it? I don't know. I think it's because it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And because even though now rape is awful, it comes from a time. <laughs> oh, keep going. Well, the, culturally, yes. we, we, culturally, we're finally like, you know what, guys? Rape is a, is a, big, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he did this in like 94 or whatever. Yeah. It was it's, not such a big deal. And then enough time passed, and people were like... I, truly, I am of an age where, I think, until Greg brought it up on another episode of this show, I did not know that that happened with Mike Tyson. We talk about it a lot. It's, it's like uh, because Dr. Should, Dre beating up D-Barnes. Like, there's this, these things in people's past. Yeah. We're like, wait, what? Yeah, where what we, and we just forgive them all the time until... Hannibal Buress <laughs> puts together. So it's his show. fault that we're not mad about. Really? I also wonder if Mike Tyson has an adorable voice 
Like he he we know he can murder all of us, but he has an adorable voice where we're like, what a lovable lug. Yeah. Well, I'm putting it right up on that dang old mountain, Shit. and we are gonna go to the Mount Rushmore speed round. Everybody's gonna give me one and a little blurb, and then I will pick from one of those three to put upon my mountain. Ryan, you're up first. Okay, uh, I think that a scandal that has been forgotten is just a couple of years after Hugh Grant's uh, dalliance with a uh, prostitute, Eddie Murphy kicked it up a notch and uh, found a transsexual prostitute and actually didn't do that much damage to him at all. Yeah. Less than Hugh Grant. But that is scandalous. I think it's because everybody watched all of his comedy specials and then that happened there went, yeah. We watched his specials. This is the kind of behavior we would assume <laughs> of somebody who brought us raw. No one who makes all those jokes about other people's sexuality and gender isn't hyper focused on it. <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time it was like extra scandalous mm-hmm. uh, that the person that, that he was with was trans. Now he seems woke. Yeah, now it's, yeah. now like I couldn't imagine that being even an element of it. it she was a sex worker, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but again, another thing that I feel like, yeah, we've totally just, that's not part of his narrative. Yeah. Mike, yes. What do you have as for the lightning round, Mount At Rushmore? A certain point, uh, TMZ taught us that paparazzi are fucking monsters and dogs, and they should not be respected. <laughs> but there was an era where we went, these are hard hitting journalists, and we look up to them, even if they chase a celebrity to the point that their car goes off the rails and they die. Mine is Princess Died. <laughs> the well, paparazzi killed Princess Diana. Delivered with grace. That's uh, a not s- a conspiracy. You said that like it was consp- straight up paparazzi killed Princess Paparazzi, Diana. yeah. Now yeah. Oh, I was like, wait, is this 1997 conspiracy? Did I fuck up? No, not a conspiracy. If the paparazzi you, killed her. If you follow somebody nonstop and bother them so much that they are willing to risk their lives to get away from you, and then in doing that, they die, you are so responsible for that. That's more Cape Fearing, I think. <laughs> Everyone's always Cape Fearing. <laughs> Cape Fearing all over this Taylor, town. do you have a juicier scandal than that? Uh, I mean, Heaven's Gate was 97. Oh! Is that, that was a, thing. is that a Texan thing? The Western no, movie? No, uh, no. You guys don't remember, remember Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. There's the Texan cult and the South American. The South it, Americans were Kool Aid. The Heaven's Gate was the cool white tennis shoes. Yeah, oh, they, they so got cool. they got the white Nikes, and uh, they weren't the Texas one. They no. were like San Diego or so something. Many yeah. Cults. Yeah, Texas. You're, well, thinking, uh, you're, of thinking, David of you're thinking of Waco. Yeah, where you're from. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> it's not it's not the Branch Davidians. Heaven's Gate were the ones who were like the UFO cult. Yeah, and they thought that they were going to be beamed up to a comet. Hell, Bob. Yeah, Heaven's Gate was uh, the cult that finally proved, even though it had been the case forever, that finally proved that, like, wait, who has the biggest, buggiest eyes? All right, you're the leader. Yeah, you're gonna look <laughs> the craziest in pictures. And also, get those sweet ass kicks. Was it Igor from Young Frankenstein? It was, was the yeah. leader. Well, let's see. What am I going to put up on my mountain? It's not a fun scandal. I, I don't have really a good a good fun scandal here, so I'm gonna go Princess Die. That was like yeah. sort of the biggest that story. Was big we all got that beanie baby. <laughs> and Elton John re-released a song he had written for someone. It's about time. her now. <laughs> scandal in the wind. <laughs> and I realized last night it's hard to write a completely different song. <laughs> well, he, all of his lyrics were written by Bernie, and he was just not at home. So he's like, "Well, fuck. Here we go. Repeat." Ryan, read to us our mountain of 97 scandal. We have, Greg, we have Woody Allen marrying his 18-year-old adopted daughter. We have a children's cartoon sending children across the nation and the world into seizures. We have Mike Tyson biting an ear. And we have Princess Di crashing a car because of paparazzi. 
Not funny. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, we will dig in to Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke, an historical and fantastical epic, was released in Japan to critical acclaim and commercial success, becoming the highest grossing film in 1997 and holding Japan's box office record for another five years. The film follows Amishi Prince Ashitaka after a boar demon attacks his village and transfers its curse to him. Ashitaka must find the dear god for a possible cure, and along the way, he encounters warring human factions, lepers, invents new kinds of muskets, and San, a human girl who lives with the wolf god Moro. Its stunning visuals, complex moral messages, high fantasy take on Japanese history, and Western frontier town influences all helped make Princess Mononoke a cult success in the States. Taste Buds, I ask you this. When it comes to humanity versus nature, where does Princess Mononoke ultimately land, and does it make a full argument? I like One of the things that blows me away about this movie is that it lands, it's complicated. And that's mm-hmm. not how I grew up. I grew up on like right. Captain Planet and Fern Goli, mm-hmm. and yeah. you protected the planet yeah. from people who were fat and smoked cigars and said, "I love pissing right. oil in the river because it's fun for me." Yeah, not yeah. people who are like, "I just want to help advance the cause of humanity." Yeah, <laughs> I I think it lands in a place where it just says you gotta have a balance somewhere. Uh-huh. Like like human advancement requires that we destroy nature. But, like, figure out a way to balance that somehow. But, yeah, Ashitaki basically is like, for every tree we destroy, can't we plant a couple? I want also more muskets, but can't we still plant trees? <laughs> yeah. But the other thing, too, is that uh, Ashitaki, who is probably the most two-dimensional character in the entire thing, and I'm talking, like, talking animals and all that stuff. He's the most boring. Disagree. The more thing- than Jingo and the apes? No, keep going. The thing that he always goes back to is uh, it's just, uh, like, I'm anti-violent. You know, like he's yeah. just such a severe pacifist, even though he's pretty good he's at it. He's so good at it, yeah. man. But I love that. That makes so much sense. I can murder all of you. I don't want anybody to fight. And, yeah, ha- isn't that like the most hardcore thing? Having ever? never seen this movie before, but seen a lot of other Miyazaki movies, I sort of know that like, oh, somebody's going to meet a cute big cat and then be friends with it. <laughs> and then uh, Ashitaki shoots an arrow once the curse hits him and <laughs> yeah. lops off like four heads. Yeah, dude. And it- both me and Ashitaki were like, oh, damn. Yeah, dude. His reaction was beautiful. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Holy fuck. And like the violence in this movie is crazy. Like it yeah. is way more than you would expect it's from super cartoonish, but their reactions to the cartoonish violence is super realistic. Yeah. <laughs> but one of one of the most fucked up things about the English dub for this movie for me was when he first encounters that village getting slaughtered, someone cuts off someone's arm yeah. and someone in the background goes, He's unarmed, get him. <laughs> Good ad lib voice. Moment actor. of the week. <laughs> um but like Basically, he seems like uh, sort of the liberal in a, uh, the rest of the movie where nobody is really taking a stand. Yeah. You know? And he's walking around saying, uh, I don't care what happens as long as we don't fight. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's our stand-in that is like, no, it's actually complicated. Like, yeah, forest right. gods, maybe, maybe they want too much. And humans, maybe they just want to progress a little bit. You don't really oh. realize that till like halfway through the movie. But still, like, it's all there. Well, like, I think it, part of what makes it complicated is, like, the forest god also turns into something called the Nightwalker. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, becomes a huge giant who stalks the countryside nope, because and will fucking kill you. Nobody walking at night is, like, a cool guy who is no. down for fun things. Because he's also, like, he's the god of life, but also the god of death. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, there's a whole lot to unpack there. And it takes a while. They, they go, wait. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. It's crazy. You see that when he walks places, you see, like, this life just 
blossoming everywhere he goes. And at first you're like, oh yeah, he's like super hyper abundant life guy. And then you're like, wait, Worship that's it. all dying very quickly too. Yeah. But and I think my... that's also like counteracted with the the other thing that I think that the movie is trying to do with humanity, where it's like human advancement happens, but also every time we encounter like humans who have like got iron work and are advancing, they're fucking murdering and killing each other. Yeah. yeah. So all... it feels like it's the exact same thing, but like Damn. on the other side. All advancement, like iron can be used for a lot of things. But really, it always just ends up as weapons at mm-hmm. some point. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other thing that we get is nature's side. Like, because of the stuff I watched as a kid, nature's always right. And uh, it wasn't until the gorillas started talking where I was like, oh, damn. Because the gorillas come out. And like they're weird. Sometimes they look like actual gorillas. Sometimes they're like a little mystical. Yeah. But they're like, no, one person one time did one fucked up thing. We'll kill them forever. Right. We're like, going to like nature. We're going to eat those folks. I right. think they exist because... All of us know, even if not everybody's actions, we still flush the yellow. Like, not everybody's actions is super pro-nature. So don't let it mellow? The, the gorillas exist to be like, no, nature can be too much as well. Like, there there has to be a middle ground. But, but it's interesting, gr- because the, if it's gorillas, then that's the most human part of nature. Yeah. Right? Like, that's so... So they, they take it too extreme. Yeah. yeah. But so <laughs> do the boars. The it, boars are fucking too hardcore. Yeah, dude, the boars are like, we're all gonna fucking die, and we don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But if we could just bloody the nose of our enemies, that's all we want to do. So like, those boars are kind of <laughs> kick-ass. This like, is, they're, to- they're horrifying, but kick-ass. This, like this is an epic movie, like, in the most broadest sense. Like it, this is an yeah, epic. for sure. And epics really do boil down to: uh, is war necessary? Do you always have to have war? Can you avoid war? And that means that you have to have the boars who are like, "What war? Yeah, no, yeah. let's yeah. do this." And it's also because the beginning of the movie is like one battle happened, and like this guy was filled with rage because he experienced like a horrific thing, and then just brought everyone else into it. It's just wild, blind rage that happens everywhere, right? And it's like Ashitaki's first meeting of the boar, like the boar gets the first boar god, the first the boar intestine god. monster. Um is like goes crazy and the reason that he goes crazy is because there's a human bullet inside of mm-hmm. him ashitaki stops it and he's a pacifist but like he has to save his town yeah and then that curse he waits until the very last second yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then it's just a fucking force of nature with a bow and arrow on that just horse. snipe right in the yeah. eye one shot one kill because <laughs> it but seems like, like th- well i was gonna say it seems like the amishi people where he lives are supposed to be like they've already figured out like what the end of this movie should be. Like they've already found the balance. Like they live with these like weird elks. They're all good. But like, I think Miyazaki's trying to be like, war's just going to ruin everything. Like even if you figure out balance in one area, Mm -hmm. humans are going to fuck it up some other way. It's impossible to sequester yourself. Yeah. You, you, You almost have to be an ambassador to make other people, even though that feels wrong, making other people believe what you believe you fucking have to, cause they're bullshit. Is gonna parade right into yours. At so, yeah, at some point somebody's domino is gonna fall, mm-hmm. right? You can't just live, live in peace forever. And I think that's sort of what the arm curse is. He gets wrapped up by the purple worms in the <laughs> demon boar. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it hurts his arm, and it's hurt forever, right? And yeah, they're of, like, this is unto death. It's sort of PTSD in that, like, uh, I can never recover from the fact that I have now officially been in war. Yeah. And also the PTSD part of my body uh, will always want to fight now. Like, I yeah. can never block right. that part from mm-hmm. my body. And it's fucking good at it. Oh, so, so, good. so like, good at it. That's the best, part, the best part of me at fighting is and this angry right hand. Also, give him <laughs> a little bit of the shinning, too. Like, yeah. Does he have the ability to, like, see what's going on in other places now because of the curse that's on his arm? He'll yeah, sometimes, I, like, 
look I f- over there. I feel like that was only a connection with San. Because he only does that whenever she yeah. is like arriving or in danger. So I feel like that was like some... Buddy. Mm-hmm. Somebody. It, it does seem like this movie is almost too good at world building. Because uh, to be a good world building fantasy, you don't explain everything. And this yeah. movie's like, fuck you. We're barely explaining yeah, any iota of <laughs> any of this bullshit. That, that was another thing that, like, when Neil Gaiman made the script, he was like, there's so much stuff that they don't explain and expect is, you to just pick up on. Isn't so that I had, what makes it exciting, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I gotta say, it like... It kicks ass. This world feels so fucking huge. Uh-huh. We feel like we only see a sliver of it. And typically... Mike, what you're saying is a huge, like, it's like always why I hate these kind of movies mm-hmm. is it's too much. But this movie actually has, like, a great first 45 and last 45. Yeah. But when they stop the world building in the middle is where it really lags and sags. Yeah. Well, it's because you have to have world building and, like, little human moments. And this movie's like, nope, full steam ahead. Fuck <laughs> any of that shit. Borg. It really is. I, I don't, don't explain what all the Borg gods and how the interactions between these different factions. Please explain why any human character is doing the thing they want to do. <laughs> I would like to know that. I I feel like that was my favorite right. part because they there's just enough that you get what everyone is doing and yeah. why they're doing it but like it doesn't go into like here let me explain to you my entire plan. Pe- yeah, people I agree with Taylor and yeah. disagree with Mike. And I don't know if that's worth a point, but Mike no, you were stupid idiot. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I think that the people's interactions and like their like motivations are some of the most interesting like Jigo is a fucking unhinged like golem yeah but like you get like at the end of it you're like okay i actually do see exactly what this dude is doing what is that dude like it it, it sort of feels like he was added on like Uh oh wait we got billy bob thornton let's add another character in here (laughs) but after watching the whole thing he is sort of a microcosm of how all the people were Mm -hmm. you can tell right Mm -hmm. away that this guy is a sleazebag yeah but he does seem nice and helpful and then becomes more complicated and then proves that he is uh, like definitely has an evil streak, and that's he, the case with everyone. I think he is like the symbol of like p- the people who are like the politicians of like modern Japan, who are like, we're gonna move ahead. We're just gonna do whatever gets me oh, further dude, ahead. He looks just like the politician from Akira. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't uh. stop thinking about Akira this whole movie. It's got oh, the, yeah. it's got the tentacles. It's got the crazy <laughs> arm. Oh, once his arm started twitching, I was yeah. like, oh, here is we this, go is again. this just part of Japanese culture? It is. It, it crazy right arms. Yeah, it's obviously like that's part of their, that has like, to be a metaphor myth. that they are used to oh yeah for yeah. sure some is something in the myth or in the kabuki theater so much of modern japanese like film and tv has these tropes inherited from like very old forms of theater mm-hmm. and we don't get them but i think this arm thing is either that or their their mythology and as far as Gigo goes like if i was watching a lesser movie i would say oh this like dabbled in three-dimensional character that just ended up in two-dimensional but how it actually ended it seemed like this is just a guy like a lot of guys in politics like I don't have time to explain to everyone what I'm doing, so I'm just going to do the thing that seems awful because (laughs) I think it will end up better. He straight up says at a certain point something like, the thirst to possess heaven and earth is what makes us human. And I'm like, (laughs) don't say, don't have that be the last line that guy says. Don't say it around a god. (laughs) I would like to know what that means. And I guess you could look at everybody's motivations. It's a little in there. But for him, it does seem like he's just like this agent of chaos who's like, I want to kill everything. Why? I'm human, baby. <laughs> well, because he has that he has that like he, he has that like letter that he's like, This is my power. This is like from the Emperor. And then Lady Eboshi takes that and shows it to the other people, like, this is from the Emperor, and they're like, Who the fuck is that? Who the yeah, fuck is that? Because this so isn't far a, away. This is a pre 
unified Japan. Yeah, yeah. This, this is still like he's the Southern Court Emperor, and they're like, so fuck him. We're we're up in the Northern Court, baby. We're Shoguns <laughs> only. I have one real quick question about uh, Jigo. Um, is he just so good at those shoes? Or do the shoes give him his awesome running and jumping power? Oh, they're they're plus three to Dex for sure. Yeah. He's wearing sandals with like four inches. Yeah, beneath it. I think that's to walk through mud. And because he's so tiny, and because he's a teeny, but he does land. have superpowers. Like he can run, he can jump. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's part of my "what's up with him" question is because I wonder if he's like supposed to be understood to be like a demigod, or mm-hmm. he like seems to be a supernatural influence. He just always randomly pops up. He never says that he is, right? And he talks about being human. He's the Matthew McConaughey of contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just kind of pops up. I I wanted to look up if that was like if there's like a historical like Japanese like culture of monks that like have that as a thing. Like, uh, is that a thing that if I were if I had grown up in Japanese culture, would I know what those oh, shoes for are? Sure, for sure, because well, it just seems fashion, like, baby. Because it seems like that is a thing that they don't address and is weird enough that I feel like if it was a thing that they made up, they would have talked about it. Yeah, he's interesting. Like he's. Cynical, but practically so, and he's grotesque. Like he's got he's got big red bumps everywhere, yeah, and, and that's I, visually he's interesting. But even though when we meet him, he's very helpful to our main character. But because of how he looks, I went, "This guy's evil." And then I was right, and that's kind of bump. He looks like, like fucking Wario, dude. Yeah, yeah. This yeah he is, is a Wario, Wario. motherfucker. And I do think Billy Bob Thornton gives away a little bit of the performance, right? Yeah, when he's like, he makes him much more. But do like, you think that's because evil? of the dialogue or just the fucking voice? You sort of know. I mean, he's listen, evil. You, Billy Bob Thornton's never been a hero. Yeah, no, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton is always a sinister presence. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton is a terrifying man. He, like, w- w- the instant, you know that they, when he and Angelina had the blood vials, that was Billy Bob's idea. <laughs> you better wear this or my blood curse will be upon thy family. All right, Billy Bob. <laughs> When we come back, we are going to have just a little Patreon-only segment, and we're going to talk about our future sponsors, and uh, hopefully you will be one of our future sponsors, fair, non-Patreon listener. But for the moment, allow me to pull aside the curtain and extend my hand of welcome to our Patreon-only VIP Silver Star Platinum Lounge members. All aboard the tram! All aboard! I hope they pick a different song this time. Son nope. of a bitch. You want a Skrillex remix? I like this song. I do too. I think it sounds good. I grow fat on this song. I go great. Do you wish it's important? Do you wish instead it was look at this photograph? A picture Always. that we all get to think about again, or song we all get to think about again. What if Nickelback didn't let us use that song though? Yeah, they were like, it'd be oh. embarrassing. The best use of that Nickelback song ever, though, is uh, just look at this graph, and then it's him <laughs> holding a graph. <laughs> Doesn't even matter what the graph is. No, it's just a straight just up graph. Look at this graph. It does turn out though that the graph uh, that I saw, like on the vine where I saw this, was a graph of Nickelback sales <laughs> over the years. Mine was just a skin graph. It's gross. Oh, wait, hang on, guys. We're pulling to the station. I'm going to unbuckle early. <gasps> Don't. Welcome to the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. And we have arrived here at the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. These hallowed halls, Kalu Kale, who will get <laughs> into today? Uh, we have each come with a representative. We thought of this person on our own uh, at home for homework, and then we came into the show, and we were like, I've thought of one, and here's who it's going to be. We're each going to nominate one person, and then, as we always do, they're going to fight 
in a vicious four-person bracket. We were about to like finish this episode without doing a bracket. Like, yeah. What would What's that have been point? like? That would have been so terrible. So let us each propose someone that should go into the Pop Filter Hall of Fame and fill out this four, this first round of four. Ryan, why don't you go first? Because you're my best friend. Oh, I'm going to go first, Greg, and I thank you for giving that yeah. to me. And get her done. <laughs> I, I want to bring up somebody who, like, um, I'm not sure if we've ever experienced in pop culture. I don't know if we've seen them on TV. I don't know if we've ever read about them. But so somebody we've never heard of before, <laughs> potentially. I, I can't imagine uh, a week of conversation going by without one of the four of us bringing up this person. Uh, he's a superhero. We have Batman and Spider-Man already in. Yeah. So precedent. Thank you. Um, and this is someone who like we just can't get enough of. It's his name. It's his power. It's Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> and I think Matter Eater Lad should be in our personal four-way Hall of Fame. Somebody that we talk about all the time. All of the time. Does anybody have any idea what he even looks like? Yeah, he looks like a fucking tailor if he like went to the gym a so, few times a week. How dare you? Taylor I, does go to the I gym, go to the gym a few times a week. Taylor, if he had a better metabolism. I gave you a point. I <laughs> gave you, you a point, buddy. Taylor, like, no, Taylor goes to Jim's, a potato bar. <laughs> <laughs> Just chugs down a potato. Oh, the <laughs> Hall of Fame crowd here turning. Turning on Mike. Awful. He looks like a Saturn lad dorkier. <laughs> you know. But Mike, your number one fear is, correct me, or what is it? Matter eaters? Rebar? It's rebar. <laughs> He'll just eat that shit, Mike. Yeah, he does eat that shit. I had, uh, it, lo- it looked like an Archie Digest, but it was the League of Superheroes uh, as a kid, and my parents like would beat me anytime I asked for a new comic, so I read it a lot. <laughs> and Matter eater lad... I thought he was going to be way bigger in comic book history than he actually is. Do you remember that panel where he was like, hey, Mike, eat this comic. <laughs> Become me. Don't, eat, don't do it. Eat it all, Mike. That'll show him. But we're not voting yet? We are not okay. voting yet. No. But good luck to you, Matter Eater Lad. Mike, do you have someone that you'd like to see yeah. here in these hallowed halls? Uh, super tough, super brave. Somebody who's a fucking Hollywood bombshell like we haven't seen in forever. Eats matter or no? And does not eat matter, but she eats pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so super old Hollywood bombshell and being tough and a feminist icon. I think Michelle Pfeiffer fucking blows through generations and does not get enough play. Blows through generations? <laughs> Take it as you want. Okay, so you hate women? <laughs> so you hate women, Drop Pad. <laughs> that was not Drop Pad. Don't blame Drop Pad for your own terrible choice. Are we a big Michelle Pfeiffer group? She was Catwoman. She was Catwoman. She was Our Catwoman. third best Catwoman She's after... Janet Van Dyne. Halle Berry and... Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. And you know what? Anne Hathaway was a cat, good Catwoman. Oh, and was, all, say, was a Catwoman. Well, that she, she definitely was, was a Catwoman. She was a Catwoman. She's also a lizard person, but that's for a different <laughs> podcast. Okay, Taylor. Yeah, could you tell us who else is a lizard person? Yes, uh, a person who's a lizard person is all of the members of our favorite crew who has brought us all together, the Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, the Legends! And I am including Bebo in that Legends of Tomorrow crew. Oh, thank God! We don't want to just put in Bebo. I I thought about it. Is Bebo not in there yet? Bebo's not in there. We're sleeping on the Bebo. I I felt like putting just Bebo, but I then I thought I want the entire Legends crew because this is Hawkman, Hawk Girl. This is all of the Legends that have ever been. Sarah Lance, yes, with Sarah Lance, we've got Nate, we've got we've got Zari, we've got Amaya, 
We Mac. Do, yes. We've got the whole crew. Mac the Knife. Johnson. Constantine. The yeah. Wave Rider. Exactly. <laughs> the Wave Rider is there because it's, uh, what's her face? Uh, Jennifer? Gigolo. Janet. Gemini. <laughs> Janet. Lady Bigelow. Yeah. Wait, wait, what is her name? Yeah, uh, Stephanie. <laughs> Fuck you. It's Alexa. Carter. It's Carter. Her name is Carter. <laughs> because she's she has a car that they drive around yeah. in. She's part car, part Chelsea. I thought that Matter Your Lad was fucked, and I'm feeling pretty confident yeah. right now. <laughs> well, wait till you see who I'm about to unleash on all this from my brain. Uh, he has been with us through the generations. A, a comedian who has come back again and again and reinvented himself, reinvented himself as new, interesting characters. He played Becker. <laughs> Maybe you guys have heard of this guy named Becker. But Becker aside, he was Sam Malone. Uh, Mayday Malone. He was on Bored to Death, and then quite possibly turning in his best performance as Michael on The Good Place, and we've gotten to see a little bit of everything. Like, almost shut down the whole uh, pop filter best comedy of the year bracket right now. Yeah. Because he's going to get it. So, Ted Danson. Oh. Skipping over his most famous comedic act. Which was? Are you going to do this, really? You're going to do this? (laughs) Well, he was at a roast. Was that where he was hanging out with Whoopi Goldberg? Uh huh. Keep going. Full on blackface. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was. But hold on. Like that is the like what he did after that was the epitome, like the perfect apology of how you should handle a time that you how fucked up. Which it? he also did the apology in blackface, though. Which I just thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, you lose well, a lot of points for that. In case anybody didn't know why people are mad at me, I wanted to show you. <laughs> What is the like? What is the stand or like? What's the apology he did that made such a big impression? It was just immediately like I fucked up so bad. Yeah. There's no like, well, you know, a couple of excuses are here, or I think that comedy like is sort of like pushing boundaries, pushing the boundaries, man. It, it was just taking a knee and saying I fucked up, taking that's, a knee. That's why I brought it up. Uh, we all will fuck up. We are white dudes in this room. We're all going to fuck up. Not wearing blackface, by the way. But none, none, none of us, of us are. are this week. Uh, <laughs> That's because we kicked Justin off our podcast. <laughs> Get back to Canada, you racist fuck. It's more important to fuck up and apologize than to never fuck up at all. That's my mantra. <laughs> but also, uh, side note, though, don't do blackface. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. it. You know, sometimes you accidentally put something in the microwave that you're not supposed to. Sometimes you drive a little fast on the freeway. We all fuck up, sure. But, like... Don't do blackface. Don't do blackface. <laughs> you got to be better than that. Well, let's have these people fight it out. Uh, Ted Danson showed up, not a blackface. Thank goodness. <laughs> what are the? What's the seating look like, Ryan? Our first battle is Matter Eater Lad versus Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh wow, <laughs> this could go either way. Uh, now, this is not a physical fight that they're actually doing, right? Right. They're just actually going right. to because Matter Eater Lad would it's, win. It's a fooding contest. <laughs> And he eats Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> well, I am going to absent myself from voting, everybody, because I am a hero. So I leave it to you. Who do you think should move on, But Ryan? what would you vote for? Probably I would vote that everybody just has a good time. <laughs> what a <laughs> hero. You know? What a brave stance. Yeah, I'm a brave guy. So I'm, I'm going to jump out. I, matter Eater Lad. It's Matter Eater Lad. All the way. Yeah. Why? Explain yourselves. Because he's way more important to me than Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> no, I would not be who I am. I saw Grease 2 at a very young age, and then Batman Returns. Oh, buddy. And then Dangerous Grease Mind. 2. Grease yeah. 2. You, she, all she wants is this a cool is, rider. Buddy, this is you defending Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. right now. Yeah. And you're going to bring up Grease, Grease 2. 2. And That's she's so a shining light in a dog shit movie. That, <laughs> that is her you know version what? of Ted Dance's blackface. You're getting a... <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. Well, congratulations to Battle Leader and blah. <laughs> Moving on. Congratulations to blah, 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 blah. Michelle Fiverr just barely losing there. Who's our next matchup, Ryan? Your next matchup is The Legends of Tomorrow versus Ted Danson. The Legends of Tomorrow, to my knowledge, have never done blackface. <laughs> but they all did Bebo face, which is not as bad. And I'm going to be the first to say that it's not as bad. <laughs> uh, I'm, I will, like... Uh, Cheers is so important to me. Curb yeah. is so important to me. The Good Place is the best show on TV. Uh, like, I love the legends. If it was Bebo, it would be like it'd be hard for me. But it's Ted Danson. Yeah, it's it's not even just I love also love the legends. Uh, but it's that <laughs> you did you love Malaysians? I love Malaysians. <laughs> I love League of Legends. And but Ted, the that same sounds Diane, so aggressive for some reason. <laughs> if someone just said that to you, they'd be like, "Uh, please don't talk to me anymore." Or please don't say "but" because there's a "but" coming. <laughs> Uncle Rick's at it again this Thanksgiving. Uh, Ted Danson helped bring something that would influence every sitcom post Cheers, which is the Sam and Dianeism. And that is impossible without him. My vote has to be for Ted Danson. Cheers is also, it should be noted as the uh, first show that had an important fish character. Sam and Diane was <laughs> huge. <laughs> like you. Brought in all Fuck the you. I'm voting for Legends tomorrow. Big Math Billy Bass would not exist without Cheers. <laughs> we had to hook Ryan up with a sweet point there. Come on. Come on, buddy. No. Get I that can't. look off your puss. I can't. So what is the finals, Ryan? We have Matter Eater Lad versus Ted Danson. Are those <laughs> the same person? <laughs> oh, I would definitely watch a fucking DC movie where he's playing a 19-year-old matter-eating Dude, matter. I bet Ted Danson could fucking put down some matter. Oh, for oh, sure. I yeah. bet he could house some matter. Well, let's start with you, okay. Taylor. I'm gonna. I'm looking at you. You <laughs> vote first. Okay. This... Oh, fuck. <laughs> really? What makes you you more? What makes me me? I'm gonna say as much as I do love matter-eater lads. Yeah, which we know is a lot. It's, I love him so much. I think this has to be Ted Danson. Mike? Nothing taught me more that what I love is silly bullshit and I should be bullied for it than matter-eating lad. <laughs> but to defend the garbage, I have to vote for the M... Wait. M-E-L? M-E-L. Mel himself, matter-eating lad. <laughs> also, uh, growing up as a fat kid, this was the superhero that was closest to you. I knew I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Did is currently eating matter. Mike, Mike just pulled a me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, buddy. What I know what do? a sentence sounds like, but I have no words for it. Is this how you guys look at me every week? Yes. I'm worried. Dude, there's, a part of the bo- there's a part of the book, Annihilation, where people just start doing that. They yeah. just start saying things that are very nonsensical, and that's what it was like. You're like a fucking sim, dude. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, the video that came out this week at the time of recording of the preacher going through tongues yes. while checking yes. his phone? Yes! Because yes. we should point out that Mike was on his phone the whole time that was happening. You're supposed to be having like the most profound spiritual connection, but also you got to see if those texts are coming through. Greg, candy's not going to crush itself. That's true. That's very <laughs> true. <laughs> For a second, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure why you were saying that. You know, and then I was like, "That's a game people play on their phone." In, in a very dense, like, cosmic area, candy could crush itself. Whoa! Whoa! Think about my votes for Taylor. <laughs> All right. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor gets a point. When we come back, oh, wait, I got a vote. We don't have a winner. Oh, yeah. oh. It's currently tied, buddy. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Holy uh, shit. So you want to finish the segment? That's f- okay, fine. I thought I was the host of the show, but uh, uh, obviously this is the <laughs> Wild West here. Mike, do not say that you vote for Taylor because Greg will be like, yes, we're moving yeah. on. I'm out. And that was all I needed to hear. I was sold. 
Okay, but I feel yeah. <laughs> to we be have, fair, Mike has been inducted in the Hall of Fame, so I feel like I should be allowed. Yeah, as well. I helped make us what we are today. That's why Mike gets to wear that like yellow jacket. <laughs> Do you want to wear a yellow jacket? Yellow jacket. Oh uh, hell yeah, dude! I love the yellow jackets. That was my mom's alma mater in high school. Right, anyway, so when we come, it's goldenrod, pricks. If we were to delete one of these people from our ether, uh, there would be more time of us standing there not talking because we weren't talking about Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> Guys, I want Matter Eater Lad in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you fucking you fucking assholes. We live in the dumbest timeline. You I, fucking stupid assholes. I tried to stop it. I tried <laughs> well, to use... Well, didn't you submit that? <laughs> no, Ryan. No, no. Ryan uh, it might have been Taylor. Who knows? <laughs> I tried to use procedure to get past that, but I couldn't. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Well, to be fair, he only won two out of three votes. So, Matter Eater Lad joins Mike and the rest <laughs> of our enshrined in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Now, if it's okay with everybody, I would like to move on on my own podcast, if that's okay. That's when we come back, me. one more fabulous question. Hey, Auntie. And hey to you, Auntie. The auntie that is our studio audience. Guys, let me ask you one more question. For a movie called Princess Mononoke, Ashitaki sure does log in a lot more time than San. That being said, do we still think Princess Mononoke is Princess Monowoke? Yeah, I think it's just like My Neighbor Totoro is more about the girls than Totoro. The movie. Yeah. Not your actual neighbor. No, and I'm Akira, not my neighbor. And Akira is very much not about... Akira's barely in there. Yeah, Akira. Yeah. It's just like a big pile of parts. <laughs> it's just like some eyes and a brainstem. Akira sucks. But, you know, we, for instance... <laughs> Akira does not... Let's, I meant okay. the character. You're yeah. going to get us. I meant you. the character. Guys. And the movie. Oh. He at least got a sentence out. <laughs> so we should cheer him for that. But, you know, we haven't really spoken that much about her yet. Um, and overall, what ha- what is this movie doing with gender? Because there seems to be some very conspicuous choices wrapped around gender. Or am I reading into that? Well, no, I think that... Uh, like, I've said a bunch this episode that Ashitaki is really vanilla through the whole thing. Um, so I, I bet... Do you guys think that he doubles her screen time? Probably. Yeah, yeah for sure. Easily. He's certainly the protagonist of the movie. But, like, way more compelling of a character. She is way more compelling yeah. of a character. And it's all his reactions in watching her, which are basically us. Like, he is us in the in the movie. Um, he doesn't, at a certain point, you realize that he doesn't need to arc. And we are just waiting for San to come back. Yeah. And San does arc. She changes from I want to kill all humans to wait, maybe there's more than this. So many of the characters do have that change. And yeah. being nuanced, like, wait, I'm not a boar, I'm not a wolf, I'm not a human. Mm-hmm. I get to make decisions based on everything that's going on. But she also never gets fully to, like, right. we can all live together. Like, she, she, the end of the movie is, she goes... So fucked up. We're, like, we're not going to be together. Like, we'll visit sometimes, but, like, I cannot be with, like, just humans. Yeah. That's the healthiest relationship. Yeah. The that's two on the weekends. <laughs> The two most, like, it's the most mature teen romance mm-hmm. movie of all time. Just saying, like, oh, this is not going to work. Well, uh, and then they just go their separate ways and, like, visit on the weekends, I guess. <laughs> they're such badasses mm-hmm. that I think they're both, like, willing to do that. And they both care about, like, honor and duty so much. Another notable thing to me about, specifically about gender, was um, the, like, prostitutes who were the ex-prostitutes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The women who work in, uh, the pumping the bellows. And the men, there's like a real Lysistrata style, like 
groups of women and groups of men facing off in like, like yeah. witticism battles and they're so separate in this movie. It's interesting because the, the men in the town treat them like shit while also knowing that they would not have a good town without them. <laughs> but no, it, like, it's not, I don't think it's like treat them like shit, like they beat them or like, it just seems like gossip. Like, but they're like, oh, but the women are going to blah, blah, yeah, blah. But I know, but it's, James. It's, it's not done like, hey, audience of the movie, you should feel like we hate women. Uh-huh. It's like, this is just what happens when the lower level, like uh, the upper level leaves. Mm-hmm. You got to talk shit. On but somebody. It, it feels much different than other movies from the past that we've watched. But yeah. isn't it also like they play the dozens with each other? Like they all, uh-huh. they form into two squads. Yeah. Based on gender, they start and snapping, they t- and then they all take turns like ripping on each other. And it seems very performative. The girls come down and they're like, "Look at these fucking men! They're all idiots, except for that Ashitaka baby." Yeah, yeah. Even the girl who's married is like, "Go away, husband! I want that Ashitaki ass." Yeah, it, and it is very interesting that they do have that stratification, and obviously there are marriages that happen here, but we never see any like actual evidence of like domestic life. Mm. Yeah, it's just like. We have these sort of groups. We're all hanging out, and we can like have a family unit, but it's not in any way like a traditional family. Yeah, know? there's I'm... one. Sorry, there's one uh, female character who definitely has control over her man. Yeah, yes. uh, and she's played by Jada Pinkett Smith, which is weird because she can't keep control of her man in real life. So what's going on there, Will Smith? Are you playing the dozens? Thank you, audience. <laughs> the audience. I'm getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, Toki, I think, is a very interesting character. Because she is, like, she gives way more than she gets. Like, uh-huh. if this were flipped, like, if this were, he just, like, talked to her that way, we would be like, this is a fucking piece of shit. I hope he dies. Yeah. But because she does it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Is but- this the same guy that's also uh, a showbiz right-hand man? Or no, that a that's a different, different fucking guy? goober. <laughs> this is the goober who can't fight and doesn't wear armor. Yeah, but he's all the, one the guys who falls down the cliff and gets saved. When it comes down to it, all the guys they may talk shit, but they know what's up. Like they know who's in charge. Yeah, the minute yeah. the other tribe is fighting them and Aboshi's gone, they're like, "We're done talking shit. Please, women, save us. Please bring up <laughs> right. the muskets." And I think it's incredibly important that although there's uh, guys in the locker room or whatever in the man restaurant uh, talking a little bit of shit. No one ever mentions, no one ever says anything remotely close to, you know, for a girl, Aboshi's pretty good. They leader. never yeah. reference. She's one of the good it ones. She is a separate up. entity. <laughs> she never did blackface. Yeah. It, it's just like, Aboshi's pretty cool, right? But <laughs> like they like, never bring up that in like 1300s Japan, mm-hmm. she is a woman who is basically mayor of this highly influential rich town. Leader, period. Not yeah. female leader, not good yeah. for a girl, but like, this is our leader. Yeah, she's just running shit and no one brings it up. Everyone's just like, yeah, this is what's going on. And M- Moro, is that the wolf god's name? Yes. yes. She She's a, one of the most powerful gods other than the deer god, and nobody talks about gender there. She's just like, I could eat all of you right now. Uh-huh. Well, that is a very specifically interesting thing, because like in the Japanese version, she's voiced by a male uh-huh. actor. Yeah. Really? Because wolves have male voices. Yeah, it's it's like it's a in a like the Shinto religion or whatever wolves are always male even if they're female and like foxes are always female even if they're male or whatever so like but she's still called mom and yeah yes like the the she's got this very deep gravelly voice the script is still she is the mother and she is a woman but is voiced by a male japanese actor david sounding motherfucker yeah Uh uh-huh yeah totally (laughs) And, and and it's still like a very incredible like sinister voice that i think works 
very well. And the movie does, I think, a great job of saying there's no defined family roles or gender roles. Like, uh, you might be a mom that's a wolf that has a daughter that's a human or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the most mom... Families are just love, guys. That's all that makes a family. Can you drink Corona? Basically, that's what makes <laughs> a family. Uh, but the most mom moment in the movie... And, like, I talked about before how Aboshi has some son, mother-daughter moments. Mm-hmm. But the most is uh, Mora about to die... And San's in trouble, and she's like, "I was saving this energy to like get one more box of Chardonnay, but I guess I'll fucking do this." And it's it's a uh, mom lifting the car up uh-huh. above the baby moment, you uh-huh. know, when her head is decapitated and she's still like, "I'll eat that guy." She just oh, flies man. through as just a head. <laughs> that is so fucking kick ass. But that's not a dad move. Like no, that is no. a mom. That move. is napping. <laughs> You're on your own. Listen, why can't I golf? <laughs> when fellas get their head cut off, they're just like, "That's it. That's done for me." I think that's all I've got. Speed round. Uh oh, guys, it's another speed round. <gasps> we talked about it a little bit. Anybody else have anything else they want to say about Jigo? Jigo's such a just a weird fucking dude. Yeah, just a weird guy. And his whole the one thing I never understood about him was the hiding the the soldiers underneath the cliff. Uh huh. What was that about? He's the closest to he's just a sneaky guy. Straight villainous or straight selfish. Yes. Yes. But I still think there's enough of an argument to make that it's actually kind of impressive. I I think what's what's interesting about Jigo it's Jigo and uh, Lady Aboshi. It's why Ashitaki, I know that he is uh, vanilla, but the way everybody reacts to them is not vanilla. That even these villains look and go, I kind of want to help this guy. Yeah. Even though his <laughs> goals are against mine. Like everybody respects the honor yeah. so much. And yeah. the power. Like, yeah. who's got the power? Who I'm going to stand fu- next to you. I don't want to fuck with that arm. Right, yeah. He's got the god fist. That's like, he represents something that like I think you could probably read a lot about from Japanese culture to help understand a little bit like the archetypes that he's actually mm. representing, you know? Uh what was it with like the whole army carrying beach umbrellas everywhere? Did you guys notice that? Like Jigo had one. So I assumed that that was to keep rain out of the gunpowder from the okay. Rifles. Okay, that's interesting because I was going to say culturally, I know the Japanese don't like the sun hitting them that much. Uh, and I feel like the, I'm but the on a balance beam here. <laughs> but I do say the there's a lot of sun. visor wearing and glove wearing when they go uh-huh. outside because they know the sun gives you cancer. Well, you didn't okay. say Chinese instead of Japanese, so that was weird. Uh, I thought that the sun gave Gio those big red buttons on his face uh-huh. until he doesn't want those anymore. I just thought it was weird. You'd see like a whole bunch of troops mobilized and they'd all have umbrellas. If there was like there was one scene of like where they had just been recently like routed and there was like umbrellas open but broken. And then finally someone takes the like top of his umbrella off and then it's just a blow gun and he uses it as yeah. a blow dart. That's dope. That's the coolest is, umbrella you could have. I feel like that was the inspiration for all of the, the penguin. penguin. <laughs> the penguin. Taylor, you must be totally right. It must be that because they're soldiers that have guns. And but it keeps that, them. that was my vampires. Could that be thrown back into the gender role conversation of let's just do what's practical? So, like, girls will do man work and boys will have girly umbrellas. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Who knows? I give a shit, though. (laughs) Uh, Who else was getting mad Zelda Breath of the Wild vibes? Uh, I was. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. I know what that means. Okay, well, that's a, a point for Taylor then. It, well, it, it was very, it felt like they watched this yes. movie a lot and were like, okay, let's just make that. Yeah, like, what if we just did that? Yeah, That'd be like, cool. Like, pretty similar to how we talked about, uh, what was it, L.A. Noir with L.A. Confidential. Uh-huh. Like, it felt like they, they were just watching the movie. Zelda Breath of the Wild is all running around with a sword and a bow and arrow and climbing. And an the act. actual outfit that the main character wears at the beginning of Zelda is the exact 
yeah. outfit that this guy the made of straw weird hat the like blue shirt and then like brown pants like they obviously very closely modeled sort of the look and feel of that game yeah. I was getting mad Zelda Rubenstein breath who's the small person from the Poltergeist movies uh-huh. I, I, I had just eaten like a bag of raw fish but my breath stank like that ladies did for uh-huh. sure cool. she's stuck in the TV yeah. another one to Taylor yeah, that makes sense that's how we handle that around these parts uh, what the fuck is that deer version of the forest god always fucking smiling about? Oh, that, that, that fucking smile. That, that fucking stupid, dopey-ass no. looking face. Oh, my God. Honestly, I feel like if they gave him a different face, I would have been more upset when they shot him. Uh-huh. <laughs> or just like, you can draw a mouth that's just like, not happy, not sad. Uh-huh. But he was just like, had this a Kumon grin. mouth. Also, like Kumon at tutoring center. Just uh, yeah, straight dude. line. <laughs> What Kumon Tutoring Center? Why do you have a picture of some kid who looks so miserable? They know what's up. Nobody's yeah. happy. About no one wants tutoring. to go to tutoring. Okay, there's a part where the deer god goes to drink some water, and it so clearly illustrates why his face is so stupid. A human face is so bad at drinking water versus uh, like what would normally be the beak of a deer. I dribble all the time on my because a human <laughs> face is stupid. As of this recording, uh, we just finished Preacher. And this god is a humperdew. Like, <laughs> yeah, his oh, face yeah. is a humperdew. I think that's one of the points of the movie is that these gods don't have our best interests at right. heart. Mm-hmm. And some of them aren't fully aware of us. Right. Like, you yeah. look at that deer god, he doesn't totally understand people. So he just right. gives them this awkward grin. And that's what you want to see. How's it going? I think Jingo is uh, the, the two gods are fighting or whatever. The, the second boar god and the wolf god. And Jingo's like, they wanted life, and he gave them death. Yeah. Because it doesn't give a shit. It's just yeah. doing what it's... Yeah. To be honest, though, it's not clear that it even decides. I'm know? not sure what people want from me, and that's sort of the smile I always yeah. have when I walk in rooms. <laughs> it's, it's very real. What's going on? all the time, and you're too powerful for anybody to accuse you of it. Uh, do we buy the romance between San and Ashitaki? Nope. Okay. A little bit. This is not a- everything has to be a romance, right, everybody? <laughs> this yeah. is just like fantasy needs this kind of bullshit, I guess. And they did that, but put so little investment into their relationship. I said, like, I not everything needs romance, and teenagers, whatever they are, are always dumb. But like, I still believe <laughs> in the fact that like. If the two of you are that hot, yeah. you're going to fucking like each other. Talent recognizes yeah. talent. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the, the reason I think I like it is because he was like ready to leave her anyway. Like when he was leaving with the wolf, he was like, hey, give her this. Show her that like I do very much care for her. Like I, w- I would love to see her more. But I'm just gonna bounce, and I, I love to... how like that was like San was like this manly warrior the entire time, but he threw in that moment of like if you put a necklace in front of her, she's gonna be like, "That's pretty. <laughs> I like that necklace." <laughs> I do have to say, if you got a crazy arm that you can't totally control, though, don't be having sex. No, yeah, no. With that arm don't deal. be doing that. Right? Who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, that's... but the I mean. It ended as progressive as my grandparents when I was like 10 of like, we're just going to sleep in separate bedrooms for the rest of our <laughs> marriage, you know? Let's just be in different worlds. Um, what does this take from and add to the fantasy genre? I think that the, the big epics, the different wars that they don't even explain, you just, this world is constantly at war. We don't need to tell you why. Yeah. Fucking get used to it so an adventure can happen. <laughs> There's MacGuffin-y shit. Uh, one of the biggest things that I did not know, I've read so many fantasy books that have been written post this, that like a dragon scale gets put in somebody's chest. Something happens where they are good, but something is evil and dangerous and uh, they're trying to fight it. And I'm so like, nope, it's from this. Instead of nuanced characters, you have like, they were good and now they're part bad. Right. Idol- Devin Sawa's idle hands, if you will. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> the other thing that I love too is that uh, we, we're only going to give anything a couple minutes, right? Like whatever we're watching or listening to, you got a couple minutes. And how... Matter of fact, the 
the thing that Ashitaki rides was treated, uh-huh. and then how yes. crazy the boar was treated. Now I sort of know yeah. how, what everybody believes about everything. Oh, yeah. man, how cool was that fucking elk that he... Oh, I wish so we were cool. doing shopping spree on this man, show. Man, yeah. That, <laughs> dude, I had that, I I had that same thought. Especially because they live in the cliffs, so he doesn't have to like take a path to get up to his town. Mm-hmm. The elk just like runs up the side of the cliff. That's so fucking And cool. also so much more pet than partner because he's saying, I have to go on without you. You're injured. And that pet is just like, nope, I'm coming. I'm yeah, going to drag my leg with you. I am going. I'm going to drag you down. Well, that is the end of the speed round. I will tabulate the scores, and when we come back, I'll tell you who the winner is, and we will try to see if this movie has what it takes to move on in movie of the year. We are back, and I have tabulated the scores. I'm just back in from my abacus lessons. Taylor, I thought you were bringing the heat tonight, buddy. I do not like Uh-oh. that you're starting with me. And you got 19 points. What? Abacus? More like Abamiss. What the fuck is that? I don't know. That's I don't like the know. lowest I've ever scored. I don't know. You know, one of our segments tonight we did, which is normally scored, was unscored today. So we dropped a whole segment. So 19 is probably a pretty good score. Mike, you got 20 points. Shit. And Ryan, returning, still champion, still best friend. Congratulations. Crowd, giving a lot of woos about that one. But how do we think... Wait, how many points? Yeah, you didn't say. Oh, you got 25 points. Okay, but didn't Ryan say he could get Well, no, we did not agree to that whole Taylor thing that I brought up. Like, we all you had to, like, should have, because you together you guys definitely beat him. We fucking destroyed him. Yeah, definitely. You guys... Idiot. What if you I deserve brought, a lot of credit for together having a higher score than just one person. What, what, what if I brought up more facts about Japanese iron making? I, dude, I liked all your points. Uh, about you, you dropped the ball on that one. Japanese iron it's, making. Uh, the thing that they use is called a tatara. One thing it, it is it is not a traditional bloomery. One thing we should have u- talked about with that fantasy thing is that the whole issue is the, like the discovery and use of iron. Uh-huh. Yeah. that's very fantasy stuff. Iron that's, always kills fairies. Yeah. And, uh, well, how do we think this movie is going to do? So fucking good. Going forward. So good for for Taylor, Ryan. If it was the first movie of the 97 season, I would say, yeah. But uh, we've watched a lot of movies already. I I thought it was great. I'm so glad I saw it. It's like, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it has enough lack of flaws uh-huh. to go all the way. But I think it'll go far. Yeah, I think it, it has potential. I love it. I love fantasy. I love Ghibli. I do think that it's too big and epic and not like human and nuanced. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. One thing I, I was thinking a lot watching this is uh, this is our second Miyazaki movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is called the the by some the Japanese Walt Disney. First, which that, he hates. Yeah. It's, yeah. First, is it accurate? And second, is is he? Better than Walt oh, Disney. Oh, so sure. much better. Yeah, like, I, is that, okay, so that is that, like, an acceptable thing to say? Yeah. But you're saying, yeah. is he better than the man, not the company, right? right. <laughs> because the company's produced stuff that is as good or better than Ghibli, but, like, what Walt Disney did for animation, or, like, his animated movies as opposed to Ghibli, or Miyazaki, yeah, like, he's, and- he's got a better way of, um, I don't know, three-dimensional characters and actually showing how girls are, not how yeah. he wants girls to be. Sleeping and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and... The comparison, okay, they both draw things. That's, That's it. it. That, End of list. Yeah. So, like, are we so simple that we... Because it doesn't seem like they are anything alike to no. me at all. There's no fucking way that Walt Disney would make this movie with a level of, like, violence and uh-huh. just absolute, like... People's heads just popping off. Th- there's such a, like, a depressing, 
tone of this movie that eventually gets wiped away. Like, there's a little bit of hope. But for the most part, this is a cynical-ass movie. Yeah. Well, just, just the fact that Miyazaki was like, I want this to be complicated. Right. Right there. Like, yeah. It's not like a Disney movie. And there's no racially insensitive sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> Which is all, yeah, there's not a whole vault of, like, really troublesome cartoons. And all that- of that is just Walt. Walt really injected all yeah. that shit. <laughs> Although we did not talk at all about the uh, Disney part of the Ghibli movie, which is the people with the rotator phone heads and the cute yeah. little butts. Oh, they man. were amazing. <laughs> Those are very. That was another major Zelda vibe. Zelda just. Yeah. There's a Zelda game that just absolutely stole that from it, and now they appear in it's, all uh, the like, Wind Waker. <laughs> Yeah, Wind Waker. Those little things are directly ripped. Basically, those things just appear in a Zelda game made after this movie. So clearly, they make the same sound. Their their faces turn the same way. They are for its for its. Not know what you meant. Yes. the terrifying ghost children, you describe them way cuter than they are. They're horrifying when we first No, they're adorable. Dude, that's why, man, they're both. this guy's so cool. Can we just do <laughs> one more show about this <laughs> yes. real quick? The but the Disney thing, I think that Disney is to animation as like Kleenex is to tissues. Yeah. So if you have to, at gunpoint, make up a Miyazaki nickname, you'll say the Japanese Disney. It doesn't mean that much. Yeah. People are just dumb. <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, I think that I'm going to turn the studio over to you now because you're the winner. And so I like, I like to sort of do Ryan's corner, let you just do whatever you want. I appreciate that. So I will, of course, guys, will you come with me? We're all going to go back to the green room. Okay. And the worst part, of course, Greg, is that you have to leave. Yeah, dude. That's... I wanted to hang out for a little I bit. I know. Well, hey, here, I, here I head out. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm here. I've got a couple of responsibilities. Let's do some commercials. Uh, I'm going to invite some guests from the green room to do this. And I would like to first present the one, the only, Lady behind the scenes of all of the great boars, you think that it's the, the big uh, gray boar with like all the eye goop, but this is actually Aunt Bortha who is controlling it all. Hello, it's me, Aunt Bortha. Aunt Bortha, you, the, your I've perfume is strong. That, I have none of that eye gunk. I, I do appreciate that. Man. Do you have health insurance? But I don't have health insurance, so that's a downside. <laughs> who is taking care of that gunk? You know what? I just I have a little tool that I hold in my hoof and I just scoop it out all on my own. I really appreciate that. Yeah, but I don't want to bore you oh, with, all, with all these details. That's a little joke I like to use. You could use it too. Just TM and Bortha. Now, Aunt Bortha, I would never ask to My age? Twenty-five, darling, since I last started stopped counting. <laughs> I would never ask to like go through your purse, but can you tell you us what is in your purse? Go through my purse. Go through it. Look. Okay, so I'm gonna look. There's a Werther's original in there for you. I'll split it with you. You want us to split a Werther's original? You go one lick. I'll go one lick. Uh, do you want me to lick it and then take it out with my hand and give it to you, or are we gonna do mouth to mouth? You know what? Just spit it in this bad boy. Let me open. The- this is a purse full of eye gunk. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you why got you, me. Why you I didn't think with you? you were really going to open it, but you did. It's full of eye gunk, that's true. You got me, okay, guilty, guilty as charged. There is a Werther's original down there towards the bottom, though. If you bore down to the bottom, <laughs> right? Do you see what I'm doing? Uh, Aunt Bortha, can you tell us about any websites that you're into? As a bore, you of got that, like, uh, that hoof that works well, so you can probably yes. type on the computer. I've got a big keyboard with just one key on it. It says the word bore on it. Uh, yourpopfilter.com is where I go when I somehow navigate there with my odd keyboard. It has this and many other fine podcasts. Or, and then also you go to amazon.com slash yourpopfilter. 
And it's you're buying normal stuff, I assume. But then these guys get money. And we appreciate that. And we're not giving any to you. That's cool, right? Do you that, spend human money? I don't have human money, but I do have human eyes. Cool. Yes. So I thought so I should you brought say that, that up right at the on end. On my way out. Peace. It's me, Aunt Bortha. Look me up on MySpace. Uh, thank you, Aunt Bortha. Um, here to tell us about other podcasts that we do is the superstar of the movie that we just watched's brother, Really Rob Thornton. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Really Rob Thornton. Yeah, we know. I just said that. <laughs> I want you to start a story or a sentence without saying that. Mm, okay. What's up, guys? It's me, Really Rob Thornton. God damn it, Really Rob. You fucked that up immediately. <laughs> All right. Tell me about your childhood. All right, well, uh, first I was growing up, and uh, Billy, uh, he, uh, that's what I call him, uh, <laughs> he, he, he was born first, and then uh, I came up uh, afterwards. Uh-huh. And you guys then, twins, or? Well, no, uh, he, we, we were sort of twins. We were fraternal twins, and that like he was born, and then about 12 years later, I was born. But your mom in labor the entire time. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure she was laboring under delusions, am I right? I don't think you are. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Now, really, Rob, what is it like to uh, grow up in the shadow of such a legendary, probably future Pop Filter Hall of uh, Famer actor? It's, it's pretty tough. He's pretty tall, so his shadow <laughs> goes everywhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than that, uh, I've had a pretty good life. Uh, I work down at the Chicken Shack, and uh, things are going great for really, Rob. <laughs> and that is how you, uh, every guest that comes in, this is what you say to them? Yeah, I mean, generally, they're like, hey, are you Billy Bob Thornton's brother? And I say, nope, I'm really Rob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton's brother. Things are going really great for really Rob. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, man, so nice. I, I love that you guys got uh, Hey, how are you guys doing out there in the audience? You doing all right? Where are you from? Do you mind if I do a little crowd work? Uh, I do mind. I, I wanted to keep this a surprise. Oh, dear. But that person that you just heard in the audience was Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, that's good. I hit my brother. I hope he dies in a fiery accident. I think he ate you, too. He just screamed at you like that. (laughs) Billy Bob, let me hear from you again one more time. Oh, my God. What happened in your life? Sounds sounds like my brother. Am I right? I don't think you are. Uh, Uh, You got to love him. Family. Thicker than water. RRT. Do you have any... um, podcast that you want to tell us about oh yeah um i'm doing a podcast uh-huh. but other than that uh it's oh yeah don't mention the title <laughs> or how to find it no you'll be able to find it just search for me on uh, yahoo all right so uh superhero hour hour it's a show where some guys talk about uh comic books and comic book based properties and also uh the ocd it's a show where they talk about a wonderful television show called the oc i love that program and i love the show ocd Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Please Thank get off the stage. Me. All right, I'm going to go hang out in the audience. Next to your brother? Yeah. I'll go hug. It. The audience is going to love it. Nope, we, we cannot touch because of a restraining order. All right, see you later. Bye. I love when that's the last thing people say. <laughs> Here to tell us about social media is Jorf D'Onofre, the inventor of Princess Monocrunk, the energy drink based on the movie Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I revel in it. I revel in it. Mm. Is that your typical reaction from audiences? Yeah, people really hate energy drinks, and this is their just general reaction these days. You, you should have seen me five years ago. It's all people wanted to drink. Well, let's take a look. Five years ago? Yeah. Roll the clip. 
Well, how are you? Five years younger, Jarfrey Jarnoffrey? I'm I'm great. How are you doing? And we're back. That was a great <laughs> clip. That was yeah. that was truly amazing. See, see how much warmer the audience was. You were a totally different person. I know. Well, the well, audience didn't do shit. Why would I change? Now, did you get the rights for Princess Mononoke before you invented this drink? No, nah, this Princess is different. Princess Monocrunky. This is the first time I've heard of Princess Mononoke. Really? That that title just came to you in a dream? Yeah, Princess Mononoke. I mean, she gets crunk in one specific way. Which you is drink what? this? Oh, she, you know, this is suppository? a show. It's a suppository. Okay, yeah. It's it's in a gelatinous plastic bubble. <laughs> you put that right up your anus. You can swallow it. Was that the problem with Tide Pods is they weren't going up the butt? Oh, yeah, they're too wide, too sharp. <laughs> okay, so the problem wasn't that people were putting them in their mouth, but they just weren't equipped for anal Well, they up-age. had to stop putting them up their mouths because it was not working up the anus. We did it wrong designs, Tide. Thank you so much. Uh, what is your energy like when you uh, put Princess Monocrunky up your butt? Way higher than it is right now. This is me, low energy. Look, you got to take a day off. Uh, you got to take a day off once a week. What's the best time to uh, pop one? I'd say Friday, 5 p.m. It's Friday, 5 p.m. sometime. <laughs> like, somewhere in the world, it's Friday, 5 p.m. Argue. Argue. I, I cannot argue. Argue. Jeffrey uh, Donofrey, do you ha- can you tell us about social media? Yeah, I mean, it's what the kids like. They're ticking, they're talking. They uh-huh. Don't stop a rocking. They're probably all drinking. I'm starting to understand My why the audience booed Princess Monochromacomb. <laughs> you ever hear... You ever hear that album? Shut like do like do do we have a Twitter or Instagram that you would like to tell the world about? Uh, probably look us up at, at Princess Monocrunky. Oh my god! Right. At your pop filter, at your pop filter on Twitter and Instagram. Please get off my stage and put out your seven cigars. <laughs> you don't, don't need these. to smoke that many. <laughs> and here, finally, to tell us about all the ways to contact us is three of the gorillas from Princess Mononoke. Hello, me. Just sad to be here. We're the Williker brothers. Okay, Gorilla Williker. Gorilla uh, Paul. <laughs> gorilla Paul. Dave. And Dave. All right. So well, Gorilla, what's up with your what's up with your mom naming you that? I was the first. <laughs> so she just went with Gorilla. Uh mom was not inventive. Paul and Dave, do you like your names or do you wish you were named Gorilla? Fine. Sometimes at night. You know how the oldest children is the smartest children. And smoke seven cigars? Yes. <laughs> I understand that. But I'm not from the South. Right. <laughs> we are from jungle. So, guys, uh, I got to ask. I'm a human. Yes. Do you want to <laughs> kill me? Yes. I, w- I would like to kill and eat Kill human. human. Kill and eat human. Absor- absorb flesh. Do you guys want to do it after this advertisement? Or yes, do we, we have wait. to do it right now? We right. can't wait. I would wait. We will wait. The, wait. the apes will always wait. What is your go-to human killing weapon? Stones. Diamonds. It's different for each. Okay, so we heard diamonds, stones, and heads. I said stone. I said hands. Hands, okay. Hands you good f- for killing humans. Hands, stone. Hands kill him. Stone better. Diamond. Needless. Agreed to disagree. Yeah. Perhaps blood diamond. So, Gorilla. <laughs> Jimon Hansu. Uh, after you were born, did your Very mom just Wait, diamonds, so much? Stones? <laughs> this is Congo. I made life hard for her. <laughs> I feel like they watched one movie ever, Congo, and based their entire Con- life around it. That Con- is what we watched. Congo, best movie. Congo. Congo what other movie, movie star gorilla? Congo, best movie. Peter and Dave, what's the second best movie? Uh, uh, Dunstan, check in. Not, 
not gorilla. Uh, pretty close to gorilla. That's a porn movie. <laughs> the, the Dustin checks in and out and in and out. <laughs> it's, it's yours, what you are thinking of. That's right. That's the one I've seen. A gorilla of the year. Also a good movie about uh, a gorilla who becomes a rookie baseball player <laughs> after he breaks his arm and he throws fastball very fast. Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> and so right away, they're like, e- easy you're in the MLB now. You are in ma- what you show me in rule book where it says gorilla with broken arm who is also child can't be rookie of year. Ape bud. <laughs> I were, a, a gorilla is friends with dogs. I thought you were just listening to the movie. I thought you were calling me that. I thought we were becoming friends, but no, Ape no. Bud is one of your favorite movies. No, also, we'll Air Ape released around the same time. Not as good. No. That's um, from Asylum Pictures. <laughs> uh, can you guys tell us about any ways to contact us? Y'all scream from Forest Floor. Send diamonds. <laughs> Hot for people to contact us. <laughs> I will send them diamonds. If, if you get a handful of diamonds, come to Forest. Paul or Dave, can you tell us one way to contact us? Uh, slap code. Do <laughs> also uh, electronic mails. Yes. Send Con- contact at yourpopfilter.com. At human email address dot gorilla net <laughs> yes. backslash monkey glue. I wish I had a gorilla net right now. With you three knuckleheads, <laughs> why I no way, no I, way you could get all three gorillas no, in that no net. No gorilla net has ever been made <laughs> send, send, send it to at <laughs> gmape.com. One or two gorillas in net? Sure. Three okay. gorillas? No way. No. <laughs> it's contact at your com and is there a robot associate you guys can call? Robo ape. <laughs> Robo ape is best robot associate. I'm starting to Ro- catch on your bit, Ro- guys. Ro- robot's bad. <laughs> all right. We apes, We kill robots. So call one electricity f- powers. Call one five six two Doctor DJ Pop. One you of his hands is a banana split, and one of his hands is a hand, and his leg is a robot ape. Good job, guys. <laughs> one five six two Doctor DJ Pop. Craig, uh, excuse me, excuse me, guys. Did you see those robot apes? Were they robots the whole time? I think, yeah. They don't bring it up a lot, but they themselves are actually robots. Why aren't robots bringing up more often the fact that they're robots? Our green room is teeming with life right now. Well, we got to go back and check that out, guys. Next week's show is going to be about Men in Black, a movie that I'm sure will affect us just as much as this did. So make sure you tune in next week to hear that. But until then, you know what it is. Keep watching them movies.